It's one o'clock and time for the services from the Calvary Baptist Church of Gainesville. Now, Pastor Raymond Laddie. I want to share with you today, if you'll turn with me to Acts chapter 16. We're going to look at something that happened here that is a good guide and teacher for us trying to do a one, trying to do Wednesday nights, teaching Sunday school, witnessing in our everyday life. Don't forget, you're an individual witness every day of your life. What you say, what you do, where you go, how you conduct yourselves is a witness to the uh, to other people. So we need to remember that. That's important. We're going to look at uh, Paul's vision of the Macedonian call. Anybody ever heard of the Macedonian call? I love that old song, Send the Light. I have heard the Macedonian call today. Send the light. Send the light. There are souls to rescue. There are souls to save. Send the light, send the light. Send the light, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine from shore to shore. We're going to look at that today because that's missions. That's the attitude that we have to have. And we'll see here where sometimes, and we talked about this in Sunday school, in a great Sunday school lesson, how sometimes we major on the minor and we minor on the major. And we, we're, it's very easy to do that in missions. And when I say missions, I'm talking about sharing the name of Jesus. Just because we live in the Bible Belt, and especially the post-modern uh, Bible Belt that we live in now, I would say that a lot more people than you would realize, and I have found this to be the case, don't know who Jesus is. Or they may know a little bit about who they think he is, but they don't know who he is. So the Macedonian call for us today is still relevant. How God will lead us in the spirit and how what we think may be the right way to go is not the way that God would have us to go. We have to be led of the Holy Spirit. Here we have a way that God used Paul to set the foundations of the gospel reaching the whole world. These were missionaries. They didn't have the luxuries that we have today. They sailed out on ships, or they walked, or they rolled a beast of burden, or they, you know, might have had a caravan going from one place to the other. The logistics for them were harder uh, in their days sometimes than they are for us. But missions has still, still has to remain the focal point of who we are and what we do. We're here today because of past missions. If you're saved here today, if you know Jesus and profess him as your savior, you are a product of somebody's mission efforts. Maybe a little precious old uh, older lady Sunday school teacher. Maybe a youth leader. Maybe a preacher. Maybe a evangelist. Maybe your mother or your father. You are the product of somebody's missionary efforts. I know I am. And I know you are too if you know Jesus. So I want to... Do my part, amen? I'm only here for a little while. I've only got a little while to walk this earth. I want to do my part to be the reason somebody comes to Jesus, whether it be through giving, whether it be through singing the wrong verses, amen, Ben, whether it be uh, just being there and loving on a child. I want to be the reason or a part of the reason. Obviously, the way it's made possible ultimately spiritually is through Christ. I want to be a part of the reason that somebody came to know Jesus, that somebody's life was changed, that somebody realized that there's a better way. And I think that's what Paul had in mind. Paul, I heard, uh, I think it was uh, uh, the, the Swindell fellow, Charles Swindell or Chuck Swindell, that's the evangelist. 
he summed up Paul's life in a way that I've never heard before, but I think speak volumes for, for us. He says Paul was a man of grace and grit. And I, I've never, never heard it put like that. I think that's perfect. He was a man of grace, yet he was a man of grit. He knew when to love and have compassion. He knew when to press things and to be tough about things and to endure terrible hardships for the name of Jesus. And I think that's a way that we're going to have to live today. We need to live with grace and grit because things are tough. Things will probably continue to be tough. Life on earth is tough. We need to have grace and we need to have grit. We need to realize that we are soldiers for the cross, that we are Christian soldiers, and in that is training, and in that is determination and commitment and sacrifice in many different ways. <coughs> Excuse me. So we're going to look at Paul's vision of the man of Macedonia. Macedonia is a place that still exists as a nation. It was a northern Greek city-stating, and who historically came out of Macedonia that changed the world that Daniel saw visions of? Anybody remember? The ancient Macedonian king who conquered all the way east to India, Alexander, Alexander the Great. He set up what he called the Western Thought. You know, he went and conquered Persia, and then he went on and conquered other places. And Daniel saw all that foretold by God in the statue in Daniel chapter 2. So Macedon was a crossroads. At this point in history, after the death of Jesus, it was a Roman colony. It was known as, and here's the key to all this, it was known as the gateway to Europe. You see, Paul and Timothy, by the way, something interesting, Paul circumcised Timothy himself before they went on this missionary journey. He wanted Timothy to go because Timothy, he would hand over the reins of the ministry to Timothy, but Timothy wanted, needed to be presentable to the Greeks as well as the Jews or the Jews as well as the Greeks, so Paul circumcised him. That's being serious. You know what that is? That's being serious about the call of God and doing what God would have you to do. That means conforming to an extent to people without denying God so that they might hear the fullness and see your sincerity and your desire for them to come to know Jesus Christ. That's who Paul and Timothy were, and that's what they did. But Paul and Timothy and the other missionaries here, as they set out, were going to go a little more west. They were going to go a little more west, but God had a greater plan for them. They prepared. They spent money. They had logistical uh, plans. They knew people in certain places. They did all that they could, and they relied on God, but all of a sudden God stopped them from going west here and said, I want you to go to the northern part of Greece because the gospel is not just for the Jews. They were pushed out of Israel and out of Jerusalem by persecution of the Roman uh, the Roman Caesars, they were pushed out of, uh, of Jerusalem and pushed north. And God had a bigger picture because it wasn't just for the Jew. It wasn't just for the Greek. It was, would be for my ancestors in northwestern Europe. It would be for uh, the, the people in the northeast, the Russians and the Ukrainians and all those old nations. It would eventually be for the Native Americans in the United States and all over the world. The gospel is for everyone. Jesus died for all cultures, all those that would believe in him and, and have faith in him. We find ourselves today, if we look around us, 
in a modern day Macedon. And I'll share what I mean by that here in just a moment. Verse 6 of Acts chapter 16, Paul has a vision of the man of Macedonia. Paul and his companions travel throughout the regions of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. God did not desire them to go into this province at this time. He had a greater plan. God always knows what's best, even if we don't understand it. It says, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. It's easy to say, well, my, you know, God shut this door and I don't understand why, but many times we just stop right there and go, well, if God ain't going to cooperate, then I'm not going to cooperate. Well, it's all about us cooperating with God. So when we see a door close in our lives, whether it be in missions, whether it be in other places, we have to have the faith that God closed that door for a reason and he's got another door that he is going to open that will most fully fulfill, if we will be faithful, that will most fully fulfill his will for that time and place for those individuals and for that place. And that's exactly what happened here. In verse 9, during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. The Macedonians were very learned people. They were very wise, many of them, but yet here was the jumping off place for the gospel to spread north into Europe, for the Macedonians to hear it. Many believe that this person that Paul had a vision of was Luke, who would later join them on, their, on that missionary journey when they went to these places. So we don't know that for sure, but it's very likely. It says in verse 10, After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once. They didn't delay. They didn't hem-haul around. They knew that God was leading them, and then it was a sure decision by God. They would leave for Macedonia, including, or, I'm sorry, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. That God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So they totally abandoned those plans to go to the west or the northwest. They went to the northern province of Macedonia because there was a little colony, a little Roman colony called Philippi. Paul would start a church there, and that's where we get the book of Philippians because he wrote letters to that church, and he loved that church. This, no doubt, would have been a melting pot of many different people. There would have been Celts there from the north. There would have been Romans and Greeks and Thracians and Serbians and just all types of different people because that's what the Romans did. They conquered places, integrated places. God knew that, so he said, I want you to go to Macedon and I want you to help them. And that would set the stage for the gospel to spread north into Europe. And I believe that's a testament and a reminder for us today. We are just as poised, if we can see it and we'll believe it and we'll follow it, we are just as poised to spread the gospel. We don't have to leave. We don't have to leave. And I'm thankful for those missionaries like 
uh, Carol and Larry that went to India a while back, and some of you have gone to other states. We have our mission team. God bless you for that. But there is an unbelievable mission field that's landed right in our lap. And it's so easy for us as individuals, we get narrow-minded about it. And we say, well, you know, these are outsiders. They may not be here legally. They may be up to no good. Uh, well, I guarantee you the same things were said about my Scotch-Irish ancestors when they landed on the frontier <laughs> by the English. Charles Wood Mason and John Wesley, who preached on the frontier in those days, said they, they were the wildest, meanest, dirtiest, roughest people that, that ever were. And he loathed them because he said they'd be trying to have a church service and they'd run their hunting dogs right through the church service on purpose and ruin the church service. I mean, that's Calvary right there. Almost, ain't it? <laughs> you see, we get narrow-minded and we get short-sighted. In my little job, I count up every now and then. I look. I saw people this week that were Muslim with their head with their hijabs on from Africa. Many Asian people, very nice people, very hardworking people. Gotten to know some of them. Met a few Ukrainians that are fleeing the war. Czechoslovakians, Native Americans. There's a huge migration from the northern cities this area, if you've not noticed that, Gainesville, as of this past summer, has the hottest real estate market in the, in the nation, not in the world, in the nation. There are Indians from the Indian subcontinent. There, you name it, they're here. They're right under our noses. Of course, our Hispanic brothers and sisters, our Hispanic brethren, so to speak, they're here. They're here. We're not here to get too caught up in political things and what we think ought to be and ought to be, and there are things that ought to be and ought to be. Don't get me wrong. We are here, and hopefully we're hearing our own Macedonian call for these people. Macedonian call. And you tell many of them are very poor. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, this area that we've grown up in and most of us have lived in our whole lives, it's changing and it will never be the same in some good ways and some bad ways. I read an article this week that said the old southern accent is almost gone. It's almost gone. Well, it's not your accent that gets you into heaven, amen? It's not your nationality or your ethnicity that gets you into heaven. It's who you know. It's who you know. So we better be sharing the gospel with people. We better be trying our best. And we have to do it wisely with what resources God has given us. Paul would not have been frivolous with what he had and what he was given as he preached the gospel to the Greeks and to the Jews and to the Galatians who were probably Celtic, many of them, who come from many different backgrounds. He was very wise. He had a grace about him, but he also had a grit. He wasn't worried about what anybody thought. Paul, if you read ahead of this, had a falling out with some of the brothers that were also his missionaries. Paul was the kind of a fellow that said, we're going. We're going. And by the way, Timothy, if you're going to go with me, you need to be presentable. You need to be circumcised. That was for the Jews so that they might hear the gospel. And there would be things that we, they would do culturally that seems 
you know, upsetting to us, but really in reality, what counts here, and I hope this is what I'm sharing with you, is the spread of the gospel. The spread of the gospel. You, you know, God's not going to say, well, you know, you were, you did it. You, he's not going to, you're not going to be set apart and accepted based on your race, based on what you believe, well, based on what you believe and who you believe. I should fix that. Or your political views or any of that kind of stuff. It's going to be what you've done with Jesus. Have you accepted him? Have you trusted him? Has he become your everything? To where you don't see these lines that we draw, you know, many times. That we try to share the gospel with everyone that we come into contact with. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to uh, compromise what I know to be right in the Bible. See, there's a Satan will move in there and you have to be really careful. It means that I'm going to be graceful yet gritty enough to tell the truth and do so faithfully and realize that the gospel is for all these people. The gospel would spread from Macedonia north into Thrace and into these ancient nations into the, uh, across the Black Sea. It would spread north and west into Germany and, and France and then it would cross the channel into Britain and Ireland and Scotland because God had the best plan and Paul and Timothy and the others were sensitive to the Holy Spirit were sensitive to the Holy Spirit and what God was telling them to do. And out of this, you had Lydia's conversion in Philippi. Paul and Silas would be miraculously delivered from prison. Many other things that happened on this missionary journey because God was in it. Paul would set up a church in Thessalonica. We would get the books of the Thessalonians. He would go to Berea, would go to Athens and preach to the smartest men of the day, but most of them who were pagan and worshipped other gods because God sent out the Macedonian call and Paul and Timothy heard it. Paul heard it and shared it with his friends and they would see that God's way is the best way. That's us today. We live in an ever-changing, ever-evolving if you will, culture, and it still remains to this day that we are here to share the gospel. We are here to show grace and love, but also to do that with grit and determination. So when God sends us the little Miguel's and the Andreas's and the, the little Filipino boy that we had a few weeks ago that has moved away or a few years ago that has moved away and little African-American children and whoever they are, we're to love them and to do our best with God's help to share the gospel with them. I'm excited about Awana. I'm excited about what's going on. I'm, I, I'm thankful for our leaders. Angel's already and David's already done a phenomenal job. You need to go in the gym and look what she's did. There's Bible stories on every wall. Uh, the rooms are decorated. It's not a duty, it's a ministry, amen? That's how we should look at it. Uh, don't look at it as I'll just go a few nights during the course of the year and get the preacher off my back or the Awana commander. What a tremendous opportunity to get to know the Miguels and the Kevins 
and all of those who are very different from us culturally, you know, but many of us, if Jesus walked in here today looking like what he did, we wouldn't think that was Jesus or should be Jesus, amen, because he was a Middle Eastern Semitic man, okay? So we need to be careful with those things, and we need to understand that we're going to be held accountable one day. We come into this church, and we give to this church, and that's great, but have we heard the Macedonian call? I think some of us have heard it, but some of us have ignored it because it doesn't fit our political views. It doesn't, uh, you know, fit the views of our ancestors or whatever it may be. Be very careful. Very careful. Have grace, but have grit. Time is winding up. Things are ever-changing, but you know what? Calvary's still here. We've been besieged the last two years. Amen? Calvary's still here because God ain't done with Calvary. You're still here because God ain't done with you. The community is ever-changing, but God's not done with the community. We say we are with it sometimes, but God is not done with the community. We have to love and to preach and to minister as Christ would have us to, with truth boldly, but yet with love and compassion. Because it's amazing to me how I was blessed to grow up and people in my generation that I know, especially in church circles, how different it is just in 30 to 40 years. How different it is. How more We're more multicultural. We're, we're more diverse, as you might say. I think God's been preparing us, if we'll see it, for this moment so we can shine the light to the nations. And we don't have to hardly travel anywhere, amen? They're coming here. They're coming here. I know there, 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 there can be issues with that, you know, in a lot of different ways, but we have to see the opportunity as Christians, as followers of Christ, that those are precious souls, amen? That they're valuable. They're valuable enough for us to do all we can with our resources and with our talents to bring them to a knowledge of Jesus. And it seems like sometimes, and you might say this, like not many get saved anymore. We're not exactly having a harvest, but keep on. Be faithful and plant those seeds. Wednesday night, I was getting ready to do my my uh, little lesson, and I wasn't as prepared as I should have been. Maybe it was for a reason. We'd had a busy day, so I'm flipping through my Bible, and a couple of those uh, kids, Andreas and Miguel, said, what are you looking at? I said, the Bible. You read that thing? I said, yeah, I do. I said, there's some really good stuff that you ought to know. You can just see them, the little wheels turning, you know. And they said, well, we don't have a Bible. And I said, yes, you do. You were given one. Uh, you know, back in the, the wintertime or whatever. So they watch you, and they want to know. They said, hey, can you read that out loud to us? And I said, I will once we get to class. They watch. They want to see that it's real in your life. They want to know that it's real in your life because kids are wise. Kids know. They're very discerning. And I would ask you today, is it real in your life? Have you heard the Macedonian call? Send the light. Send the light. We have souls to rescue and souls to save through Christ. Send the light. Will you see it 
when you heed the call. And you say, well, how do I do that? Do I pack up and get ready to go to Macedonia? No. You can't do anything else. Pray. Pray, pray for these kids. Pray, pray, pray for these leaders. Pray, pray, pray for our commander. Pray, give. If you ain't got nothing to do on Sunday night but watch an old sorry game, then you might want to come and help us out. Amen? That's as plain as I know to put it. I know we have things going on and we can't all get here, but here's what I'm getting at. We can all do something. We can pray. We can, we can give. That's a huge thing. Uh, we can study to be ready if our, the opportunity comes. And it may not have anything to do with a want to hear. It may be somebody that the Lord leads you to through a Macedonian call in your life this week. Amen. I want to encourage you today and remember who you are in Christ and remember why you're here. It's not to amass a fortune. It's not to amass fame. That fades like the lilies of the field, popularity and fame. It's to make disciples. It's to become a follower of Christ by faith in him and turning from your sin and allowing him to cleanse your sins. And then it's to pass that on to this next generation. You imagine, how, if time goes on, can you imagine how things are going to look in two generations? Can you imagine how things are going to look in four generations? We can shape it by today's faith. Amen? We can shape it by something that is timeless and pure and the only person that is life-changing and eternity-giving, the only word that really benefits us, God and his living word gospel and the gospel to keep on keeping on to hear the Macedonian call today to see the need and to respond accordingly there were many saved many lives changed many demons cast out because of this Macedonian call that Paul heeded and as he met up with Luke and Silas Timothy and many of the others they did the work set apart for them to do a great, great cost to themselves, but the cost here cannot compare with the reward to be gained in heaven. Amen? I want to encourage you today. If you're here today and maybe you're not doing what you ought to be doing or as much as you should be doing, I encourage you to take that to the Lord and listen for his word. If you're here, most importantly, and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, today would be a great day for you to do that. We love you. We'll help you any way that we can. We'll pray with you. We'll be here for you the best way that we can with the Lord's help. Don't leave today without knowing that Jesus is your Savior. Our verse, our motto, who we are, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Amen? What a beautiful... Beautiful verse. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the Macedonian call and so thankful that it's been recorded for us by Luke who experienced it, by Paul who saw the vision of the man, and Father, how you changed the course of history. Lord, our best laid plans many times, most times, if not all the times, come up short, but if it's your plan and we faithfully and obediently become a part of what you're doing, Father, then it means something. The results are eternal. Thank you for each one here today. Lord, I'm so thankful for our teachers. 
whether they be Sunday school teachers, whether they teach on Wednesday night, whether they teach the music, whatever they do, whether they teach our children Monday through Friday, Lord, I pray that you bless and equip them. It's truly a tough place to be in, but yet there's so much potential and so much possibility for your people to call the name of Jesus as their Savior. There's so much possibility for them to be used for the growth of the kingdom and the changing of lives. Thank you for our Awana leaders. Lord, we pray for them today, from our kitchen workers to our van drivers to our teachers, to those who can't get here but who pray and who send food. Father, we're so thankful for them. Bless them. Father, you truly take uh, things and put it together for the glory and the service, uh, Father, by your people and of your people. Lord, I just pray today that if there's one here today that doesn't know Jesus as their Savior, that they would come. Father, we pray for these children. Lord, we know you're going to bring us new children. and We pray that we're lights to them, that we share the gospel, and we pray for the salvation of their souls. Father, we pray that you might lead us into uncomfortable territory so that we have to rely on you and not of ourselves to share the gospel. Father, help us to win as many as we can. Help us to be intentional with it. Help us to be serious about it. Help us to not worry about, uh, you know, political lines and all these other lines that we draw and just try to cross those, Father, with the gospel. Standing for the truth and for your word, but yet with grace and grit. Lead, guide us, and direct us today, Father. We turn this time of invitation over to you. Thank you for each one here. Bless them according to your will. Be with the sick, be with the mourning, be with the lost. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North Georgia. Welcome to 